if you're taking notes, and I want you to learn how to take notes like this, um, don't take notes where you're writing everything down. If I say write it down, then here's a clue. Write that down. <laughs> if I have a point, like, you know, point one or point two or point three, write that down. If we have scripture, write that down. Okay. But don't write every word. Be, be able to listen that you're not. The main thing that you want to write down is when the Holy Spirit says, not just your pastor says, but sometimes the Holy Spirit say, hey, write that down. That's for you. Write that down. Does that make sense? So you're taking notes, but you're not so caught up with the notes that you're not listening. Okay. So uh, here's what I want you to do. We're, we're, uh, we're talking about the, the series is called Big Bite. And uh, Wendy, just so you know, I got that from, from dad, who when we, were, when we were growing up, he'd say, Drew, take a big bite. You're on a five, you know, taking little bites, you know, take a big bite. And, and my mom would be like, Roger, don't tell him that. But I'd be all happy to take a big bite, you know what I mean? And, uh, and in this series, I just recognized, man, this church, we need to take bigger bites. You know what I mean? We need to, and, and then the, the, um, the title underneath the title, the subtitle is this. Believing the unbelievable. Believing a big bite. This is the series, Big Bite, Believing the Unbelievable. And what I want you, now, when I say unbelievable, I don't mean that you can't believe it. I'm meaning that many people don't believe what Jesus Christ said. I'm just being honest with you. So many churches, so many Christians, somebody call themselves Christians, go to church, but God says stuff, and they're like, ah, yeah, yeah, I know he said it. And then, we listen to goofballs on the radio, and we listen to goofballs on the, on the internet. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope he's not talking about you. And they will, say, they, they, will, they will say, yeah, we know Jesus said, you know what, Jesus said. Here's a clue. If Jesus says something, that, how many know that's probably good theology? Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And then we're going to listen to some goofball on the Internet tell us why the five reasons what Jesus said isn't, isn't true. I, am I telling the truth? I'm telling you the truth. There's so much unbelief, and so much of the unbelief is, is, is given out of the pulpits of American churches. Not, look at your neighbor and say, not at this church. Oh, no, 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 no. We are believing believers. I said, we are believing believers. Amen. But, but I know there's promises that you just go, Jesus knew it. That's why Jesus, before these promises, he says, surely I say unto you. One version says, I'm telling you the truth. Of course Jesus is telling you the truth. He's about to say something that seems unbelievable. We're going to look at one of it today. Jesus says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree to be uprooted and cast in the sea, and it will be done for you. How many know that seems like an unbelievable? But the Bible says, you know what? Uh, that's impossible for God to lie. So what are we going to deal with? We're going to deal with the problem. Okay, so, uh, and, and what is the problem? The problem is unbelief. We live in a culture, in our Christian culture, and pastors won't address unbelief. Sermon title today, Believe and Receive. Or doubt and go without. 
Wendy, if that doesn't sound original, it's because it wasn't. That was a sermon title that Dad had. And I thought, ooh, that's a good one. But that's what we're going to talk about. Because the reality is you can believe and receive or you can doubt and go without. And I'm going to show you in the word that the problem that that we have isn't, say isn't, isn't that we don't have enough faith. It's that we have doubt and unbelief. That is the issue. Now, write this down. Um, Guys, go to my first thing that I want them to write down. Faith and unbelief cannot occupy the same space. Faith and unbelief cannot occupy the same space. Can we do a little review? Write that down. Faith and unbelief cannot. You could circle or underline cannot. It cannot. I'm going to show it to you in the word. Cannot occupy the same space. Now, can I tell you, can, and just so you know, I'm going to be brutal with you today. Brutal. But brutally in a good way. My mom, when, before she would spank me, and I don't know why, but I got so many more spankings than my older sisters. Not because I, didn't, I was worse than them. They just got away with so much more than I. But before my mom would spank me, she'd tell me, she'd say, you know what, um, son, this is good for you. You know, when you're five, I'm not like, oh, mom, give me a hug before you spank me. I'm so happy you're spanking me. And as Christians, we sometimes feel the same way. But how many know we've got to be confronted with things sometimes? So, and one more thing. Just do me a favor. Watch the plethora of scriptures that I'm going to use today to prove my point. Just a huge amount of scriptures. And I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg because there's so many more. But I want you to understand Faith and unbelief cannot occupy the same space. Why do we think that? Why do we, why do we think that? Well, one of the reasons we think that is, I've even said it to you, how many can relate and you, you feel like you are like that man. Remember the man, we're doing review, and he had a son, and the son was demon-possessed, and you know what, the, 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 the demon would control the son, and they'd be on a, you know, on a, a family outing or something, and he'd just throw himself into the fire, or just, just, you know, manifest. It was problematic. You know what? We love our kids. And this man loved his kids and he was demon possessed and was, you know, just heartbroken. And he goes to the apostles and says, hey, can you pray? And they prayed and, and, and they couldn't cast the demon out. And then they, they're arguing with the, with the Pharisees and Sadducees and Jesus walks up and is like, what's going on? And, um, and, and then he prophetically, somebody say prophetically, he, how many know God knows your problems? How many have heard God speak to you and even before you're going through something, he's already got the answer for you? Or you know you're going through, it's like, I didn't even ask God any talk. The, the same kind of thing. He prophetically deals with the man's problem. And I'm going to tell you what his problem is. This man's problem is unbelief. So he, he, he tells the man, in a, in a scripture that most of you know, but, but many of us don't know where it is. How many know sometimes great scriptures, when you put it back into context, they're good, separated out, but put in context, they become even more, 
more grand. Because you understand, oh, that's what he was talking about. It becomes real. It's not just a bumper sticker. It's like, God help that guy. Do you understand? Okay. So um, that scripture that says, um, all things are possible to those who believe. Who did he say that to? He said that to this father. Who is about to give Jesus some jive turkey stuff. How many, some, how many sometimes you give Jesus some jive turkey stuff? And here's the crazy thing. How many know sometimes, how many sometimes know that, you know what the, you know what the worst deception is? Self-deception. That's what the Bible says. Look into the perfect law of liberty. You know what that is? That's the word of God. And you see and go, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? I talked about Wednesday. You know, sometimes you'll have a, a, a you know, I'll, I'll be walking out the door and my wife will say, dude, don't, don't go anywhere. I'm like, why not? She's like, like, you got an eyebrow and it's like, boom, going this way. Somebody's going to be talking to you and just looking at your, your, your crazy eyebrow. You know what I mean? Right? Well, what did I do? I didn't look into the mirror. That's what the Bible is. The Bible says, James says, it's this, this mirror that you can see and go, oh my goodness, I got, I got some unbelief here. I got some unforgiveness there. You know what I mean? I got some attitude here. Okay. So this guy says this. This guy says, Lord, I believe. And then what does he say? Hell, my unbelief. And then here's what we do. We're like, yeah, that's me. I believe, but I don't believe. And I go back to this comment. Faith and unbelief cannot occupy the same space. It's what Jesus is preloading this guy to tell him. Here's the problem. The problem isn't that you believe and you don't believe. The problem is that you don't believe. That is the issue. That's the real issue. And it's the issue with the apostles over and over again. He deals with them. You know what? Deals with their unbelief over and over and over. Right, right when he comes back, he comes, he's raised from the dead. You know what? He should come in and his apostles should receive him with gladness. They ought to be just rejoicing and crying that he's raised from the dead. Nope, that's not what they're going to do. Just going to say, well, sit down. Because we got a problem, Bucky Brown. How many when God calls you Bucky Brown, we got problems. You know what I mean? Hey, Bucky Brown, sit down. We got a problem. Because these ladies told you that I was raised from the dead and you didn't believe them. And I told you over and over and over, this is what's going to happen. Can I tell you about God? God has a problem when people who claim to be disciples of his don't believe his words. I'm telling you, it's a big problem in the body of Christ. And we want to wrap ourselves in, oh, I believe. Oh, hell, I believe. Oh, I'm just like that guy. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not, I'm not that bad. You know, what, you know what AA, you know what the first step in, in AA is? You know what the first step is? Recognize you're an alcoholic. Why? Because you can't move on to you. You can't fix a problem that there's no problem. If you don't see the problem, how are you to fix the problem? Amen? 
You ever driven, you ever drive with somebody who can't drive? They're like, oh, I'm never going to drive with you again. They're like, they don't know that. They're like, oh, I'm a good driver. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, oh, man, God help me, right? That can be us sometimes where there's a problem. And we live in, we live in, a, in, a, in a Christian community where, you know what? It, it is so problematic that Jesus prophetically says this. When I come back, you know what, to the earth, will I find faith? Will I find people that will just believe me in what I say? But we, what, what we do is, well, I'm going I'm to I'm show it to you in Scripture. You, know, you say, but yeah, see, the problem isn't that you don't have enough faith. The problem is that you have think, thought that you, that you think that you have faith and you don't. And you've mixed it with unbelief and you think you can mix those two together. And you can't. The reality is you don't have faith. You have unbelief. I know that was brutal. But that's brutally kind to help us because that is the issue. Because you can't trust in God and not trust in God. Does this make sense? Look at here. Let me prove it to you. Peter. Lord, is that you? Yeah. Tell me to come. Jesus says, come. I've already, I've already told you this. Is, is Peter walking on the water? Yeah, he's walking on the water. But really, he's walking on trusting that what Jesus said, his command to come, was going to sustain him. He's, he's really not thinking about, he's really not even thinking about the water. He's getting out there. He's walking. He's doing the supernatural. Why? Because he believes so much that what God said, that God was trustworthy. Can I tell you what? When you and I will start to believe that God is trustworthy, that is the day that we will start to see signs and wonders like they saw in the new, in the, in the early church. I'm telling you what, that is, is completely the issue. And we have goofballs on the internet that, you know what, are going to tell us that no, that was, those signs were given to the apostles. And the signs and the wonders left with the apostles. Well, what were they given for? That they could spread the gospel and people would see. Man, and that sounds, you know what, sounds like it makes sense if you throw your Bible away. Amen? You can't bind and you can't loose. That's weird because Jesus said we could. Who? You graduated from, you know what, Dallas, you know what, Theological Seminary or Jesus? I picked Jesus. I picked Jesus. I said, I picked Jesus. Amen. And I, and I, and I don't, I'm just picked Dallas Theological Seminary. You know what? There's so many seminaries now. They just preach so much unbelief. You know what I mean? They call it wisdom. Can I tell you what wisdom is? Wisdom is believing what Jesus said. His ways are higher than your ways. And then, and then hermeneutically, which is just a fancy word to say how to study the Bible, hermeneutically, they say, well, you've got to understand. You know what? It's, when God's talking about, when, you know, when, when it's talking about, they start to speak slower. You're supposed to be impressed. When it's talking about, you know what, binding and loosing, they're taking it out of context. Well, and I told you this to the first service, but you need to hear this. What's the problem? 
Here's the problem. I'm not taking it out of context. You know what Jesus said right after that? That's the context. You know what Jesus says right after that? Again. You know what again means? He's saying, he's connecting these two things. Again, I say unto you, that if any of you, somebody say any of you, will find someone to come in agreement with, you know what, on this earth, you can, you can find them and come in agreement with them if they were, you know what, I told the first service this. There's people, I'll use you two for example, and you for an example because you're so mature and you're great, so I can use you as a negative example. But you know what? You're just like, no, I ain't going to come in agreement with him. Why? Because he's not coming in agreement with me. Am I coming in agreement? No, I ain't coming in agreement with her. I can't. I got to find someone who will be like me and believe Jesus. Oh, yes. Let's come in agreement. Then it will happen. That's the context where Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You know what? Then he says, again, I say unto you. He's talking about the authority that we have on this earth. Well, how come you're duped? They're going to tell you that that binding isn't binding and loosing isn't loosing. And you, you don't have, oh, that, who are you to think that you, you just, you know what I mean? Well, here, here, Bucky. Here's, what, here's our problem. We don't open up our Bible and find out how wrong they are. Because if all you did was open up your Bible and read, you would see right after he talks about binding and loosing, then Jesus says, again I say unto you, talking about the authority. You know what you'd find? That they don't know good hermeneutics. Your pastor knows good hermeneutics. Amen? And it's not enough for me to know good hermeneutics. I want you to start to be able to read things in the word of God. And can I tell you what? They're like, oh, you got to depend on me because I went to this, you know what, seminary and you don't know. Can you read? Amen. Of course you can. And all you have to do is just read the Bible. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, don't, don't misquote me. Don't, don't take what I'm saying out of context. How many know you need a pastor? I said, how many know you need a pastor? So many people walking around, ooh, where do you go? Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a floater. I'm just so spirit-filled. And I just go wherever the Holy Spirit. No, you're so wacky. Thank you. No, God has called you to a church. That you would be grounded and rooted. That you would flourish. People need accountability. Amen. I want accountability. I just want to go around. Just led by the Spirit. Oh, you're led by the Spirit, all right. It's just not the Spirit of light. Amen. So, so we can, so we can, we need to understand that we we need, to, we need to understand what the problem is. Yeah, but, and the problem isn't that you don't have enough faith. The problem is that you've allowed doubt and unbelief to creep in. That is the, that is the issue. You say, yeah, but, but Jesus said, didn't Jesus say that ye of little faith? Didn't Jesus say that? 
He did. He did. But if you look at, well, actually, let's, uh, let's see if we got. Um, well, let's go first to. Okay, yeah, go to Matthew chapter 8. We have it up here on the screen, verse 26. But he said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. See, the problem is they had little faith. No, no, let's, well, let's dig a little deeper. We'll, we'll find out the real problem. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. Most of you know the story. If you don't, Jesus is in the bottom of the boat. There's this great storm comes out of nowhere. They are so freaked out. There's so much, this, this, this boat is taking in so much water, they think they're all going to drown. They go down. Jesus wakes up. He's sleeping. He wakes up, goes to the top, says, you know what? He speaks to the wind. He says, peace be still. Boom. And then he says, why? Here's why. Because Jesus to the people he loves, he will not tolerate unbelief. He's going to call it out every single time. And here he calls it out again. And he says, uh, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. And then he arises and get go. But you see, but pastor, I just have little faith. No, the Bible says in Romans that each man has been given, the King James says, the measure of faith. You know what that means? It means each one has God kind of faith. That's literally what it means. The Bible says in another place, it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you. The same spirit. Man, that, that spirit trusts in God. Amen. There's not a faith issue. There's an unbelief issue because you know what? You're either going to trust in God and trust in yourself. You're either going to trust in God or you're going to trust man. You can't, you know what? You can't serve two masters. But we, we, we quote this man who is just, just conning himself and conning us. Oh, Lord, I believe. Oh, help my unbelief. No, you don't believe. And that's what Jesus said the problem is. All things are possible to those who believe. He's dealing with his unbelief. That was the issue. You say, yeah, but pastor, it says, you're always teaching, read what it says. It says little faith. I think the problem is little faith. No, 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 no. The, the, and there's some, most translations are very good, but the, the literal translation, guys, put it up on the screen. We have it up here. It's a, it's a word in Greek, and he's, what he literally says is this word in Greek. The transliteration is this, O-L-I-G-I-P-I-S-T-O-S, okay? And what it means is it means uh, incredulous. So, Pastor, that doesn't help me. I don't know what incredulous means either. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you know, hey, hey, who else graduated from Pioneer High School? Let me see. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, but whatever. That's not the point. Because I'm going to teach you what incredulous means. You know what? Incredulous, mean, it, it, it literally means, um, incredulous is an unwillingness or, a un, uh, or the, uh, the unwillingness or um, unable to believe something. Now notice, 
Incredulous means you're unable, but in this case, it's not you're unable. It's you're unwilling to believe something. That's why, that's why the Bible says, you know what, tells us in the New Testament that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. That's why the Old Testament says the just, how many of you are justified by the blood of Jesus? Then you know the Bible, come on, how many justified by the blood of Jesus? I said, how many justified by the blood of Jesus? You know what, how many are going to be in heaven? Not because you are so perfect, but because he is so perfect. Okay, well, the ju- that's you. You ought to live not by sight. The just shall live, the Bible says, by their faith. By their faith. See, we think we can, we can hold this, you know what? Um, oh, I need some helpers. Can, come on up and help me real quick. Yeah, come on up and help me. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, come on up and help me real quick. Here, here's, here's what we think. Okay, come on up here. You stay on this side, and you stay on this side, okay? And, and, and sorry, you're, you're my example of unbelief, but unbelief and belief, right? Two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. And here's what we think. Here, you got to hold this with this hand, put just like this. Okay, here's what we think. We think we can hold on to the kingdom of darkness. I know Satan is about unbelief. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. That's not his spirit. And we think, oh, Lord, I believe. Oh, my unbelief. No, no, no. You can't hold both. You can't hold both. You can't hold both. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a myth. That's a, that's a, that's a made-up you know, fairy tale. That's unbiblical. That's why Jesus is dealing with these people all the time about, and when it says little faith, he's talking about, you know what, this word, incredulous. That is a way better translation. And they have the ability to, they just are so walking by. Can I tell you what? When the Bible tells you to walk by faith, not by sight. You know what it tells you? When the Bible tells you to do anything, you know what it's telling you? Why? Because when it says, don't grow weary in doing good. You know why it tells you that? Because we can grow weary in doing good. You know why it tells you to walk by faith and not by sight? Because many of us, many times in our lives, we can walk by sight. You cannot do this. This is make-believe. This is unbiblical. This is a, this is a, uh, a, 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 a construct of carnal man's made-up carnality. You made it up. And then we got pastors who won't tell us what the real problem is. And they won't look, uh, they won't do enough study to recognize when Jesus is talking about, you know, it's small He's talking about this word incredulous, way better translation. He's saying, here's your problem. You know what? Your problem. What's he dealing with every time? When, he's, when he says to the apostles, when, when, when he was raised from the dead, you know what? Oh, you of little faith. What's he dealing with? He's dealing with people who won't believe. You know what? Here, stay up here. You know what credulous means? Credulous means to believe. When you put... The in in front of it, it means the opposite of what's going to follow. Here, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you in another way. When, when this guy says, 
you know what? When this guy says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We've got to be a wordsmith to recognize, what are you, you're ridiculous. Here, let me prove it to you. You know what belief means. What does it mean when you put a U-N in front of a word? Uh, here, here, let me show you. Unconscious. What does that mean? It means you're not conscious. Unfaithful. What does that mean? The un is the opposite. It means you're not faithful. Lord, I believe. Help my... Oh, you smoke teller, you. Unbelief. You don't believe. How many know sometimes it's embarrassing just to say the truth? How many know it would have been better him to say, you know what, Jesus, can I tell you what my problem is? My problem is I just don't believe. Is this making sense to anybody? Just stand up here and look handsome like you do, okay? You're very helpful. I already quoted this. When, when these apostles are looking for Jesus to fix their faith, Jesus responds and says, your problem is you don't have a faith problem. You have a belief problem. You don't need more faith. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you know how little a mustard seed is? So small. See, the issue isn't our lack of faith. Our issue is, as soon as you, as soon as you grip this, you let go of this. That's the issue. All eyes up here. Let me help that. You see it again. As soon as you grip this, what's this? Unbelief, fear, doubt, walking by sight. As soon as you grip this, you let go of this. Listen, the woman with the issue of blood, you know what she said? Look at her adamantness to have nothing to do with this. Only to cling to this. She had heard that Jesus was the healer. Here's what she said from the heart the mouth speaks. She's not incredulous. She is believing. She says, be, here, did she, did she believe that she got healed before or after she got healed? Like, you think that's a true question. It's an easy question. It's not a true question. Be, did she believe before she got healed or after she got healed? She believed before. And she had an issue of blood for 10 years and went to all these doctors. She got worse and worse and worse and worse. Had 100 years and probably 10 doctors worth the reason to believe that it was, watch this, you can help me out here, that it was God's will that she, and some people, oh, I guess it's God. You know what? You've been dealing with something for so long and all your issue is you just didn't believe. Many of you didn't even know. Many of you went to churches where they never taught you. All they taught you was when you get saved, you get born again, and you can go to heaven. 
the Old Testament says, don't forget all of its benefits. Not only did Jesus Christ die, you know what, for your sins, that you could go to heaven and be with him forever. Understand this, that, that the, when you got born again, you were restored. You were sozo. You are healed. You're delivered. You're restored. That is what it means. He died, uh, Isaiah says he died, the, cha the chastisement of your peace was upon him. What does that mean? Man, you ought to get up tomorrow and be peaceful. Yeah, but my wife said this, and, and my kids are doing that. Well, so what? God died for the chastisement of your peace. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. You cast your care on him, and guess what? You are carefree. You don't got the care. But you can't, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot hold on to both. For you love the one and hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve two masters. That woman with the issue of blood, here's what she said before she got healed. She said, I tell you what, I'm going to touch the hem of his garments, and when I do, I shall be made whole. I shall be made whole. That man, that man, Jesus, watch this, watch this. He's just, he's not having anything to do with unbelief. He's just going to cling to Jesus's words. And here's what he says. Jesus is going to his house. You know, he's got a servant who's sick. Jesus is going to his house. And, you know, it's not over at his house yet. He stops him and says, hey, uh, uh, you don't have to come over to my house. I understand you are a truth teller. I understand authority. And I understand you. You know what? All you have to do is speak a word. That is, he, he is just clinging to Jesus, the author and perfecter and finisher of his faith. Guys, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. You said, yeah, but, but Pastor, I'm just, I'm just a school teacher. Pastor, I'm just a... I'm just a, you ain't just nothing. You have been brought here for a purpose. And this purpose is to be raised up, to be taught, teach, trained, and to go out. And I don't, I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. Can I tell you what? Yeah, but, the, but all these Christians don't believe it. We ain't listening to the unbelieving believers anyway. Amen? That's not our focus. Our focus on these people who you'll just grab by the hand and say, you know what, they might not even be saved. Who cares if they're saved or not? Hey, you know what, I'll talk to people all the time and say, hey, would you like me to pray with you? Yeah, but they're not saved. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You know what, I pray for restoration in this man's marriage. In the I know you're not married, but... I pray for, I'm just using an example. I pray for restoration in his marriage in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. You're going to do a miracle in his life. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You know what? I bind strife. I bind division with him and his wife in the name of Jesus. I lose peace. I lose love that this man going to love his wife. She's just going to have no, she's just going to drop down on her knees and say, oh my goodness, I married a saint. Father, now thank you that when this happens, this man will understand it happened because of my prayer. It wasn't coincidence. It was God. 
and he will know he met me right out here at, you know what, at, at, at Taco Bell, and that was a divine appointment. See, who's to do that? Oh, just the pastor? No, you all. That's why you're hearing this sermon. Somebody hear God speak something to them today. Somebody, could somebody say, yeah, pastor, not only he spoke something to me, he like made some heavy correction in my life. If that's you, maybe even unbelief, maybe even unbelief. Man, now is the time to repent. Don't wait till tomorrow. Now is the day to get it right. Now is the time. Today is the sweet spot. If that's you, raise your hand. Or something else. Maybe something in your marriage. Maybe something in your sex life. Maybe you're watching the wrong thing or dating the wrong person or, or, or just selfish. Maybe you're selfish with your love for other people. Maybe you're walking in unforgiveness. I don't know, but God knows. If that's you, raise up your hand. Father, we thank you for these hands that are raised. Father, we thank you. Today is the sweet spot for us to repent and turn back to you and get our life together. We can't do it by ourselves, but through you, all things are possible. So we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.